This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger, and today we're going to talk about sex and life and sex lives, and how sex sways and powers and unlocks life. Okay, so what we're actually talking about is Netflix's sex life, which has lived in the Netflix top 10 since its eight episodes hit the streaming service on June 25th. Sex life is the story of Billy. Billy is a mama living a sweet life in Connecticut, gorgeous house, venture capitalist husband, a jag and a great wardrobe and a nanny. But shortly after the birth of her second child, and a lack of sweet lovin' from her husband, she begins to fantasize about her pre-marriage life and all the wild sex and passion she shared with her ex-boyfriend, a hot record producer named Brad. She writes all of these memories down in a journal. And then one day, the lines between memories and present-day blur when she comes face-to-face with Brad. And he's still hot, and he's hot for her. And then her husband finds a journal and wonders if he's ever known his wife at all. And that's only the first couple of episodes. Sex life is, as the name suggests, hot. There are sex scenes. The show even trended for a few days when audiences discovered a full frontal moment in the third episode. Apparently nine minutes and 30 seconds in. You are welcome. But what sets sex life apart is that it's about more than sex. It's about the relationship that women have to sex and their identity as sexual beings and what can happen to those needs when life and frankly, monogamy gets in the way. It's also about friendship, about autonomy, about chemistry, about honesty, and about choices. What kind of honesty do we owe our partners? How big a role should sexual chemistry play in who we choose to spend our lives with? Is it possible to have it all with one person? And is it ever a good idea to call our ex? I am so honored to talk through the nuances of sex life with actress Megan Heffern. Megan portrays Carolyn, a woman who Billy meets through her son's preschool. Carolyn really wants to be friends with Billy and invites her on an ill-fated mommy trip to Billy's old stomping grounds. Carolyn holds a slightly different perspective than Billy, and I'm excited to speak with Megan today about sex life, her life, and the process of bringing this hot and multifaceted story to the screen. Hello. Hi, Megan. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I love that we have only just met. Like, we met like 10 minutes ago. We did. And we are already talking about sex. You know, we're best friends now. Yeah, we really are. (laughs) We are. It's kind of like I'm sitting with you in your living room and there's, we should have had wine. We should have had wine on the table at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. Um, But like, that's, I find that really interesting that it's weird. It's weird that it feels weird to talk about sex. I know, you it's know? such a taboo thing. Why? Yeah. Especially with women. Women talking about sex seems so weird. But yeah. 
think it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk then about your initial response to the material. Yeah. You know, um, maybe it was when you got your sides, maybe it was when you got your hands on a on a full script. You know, what were your initial thoughts at your and your reaction to the material? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I had actually worked with Stacy before, who's the showrunner on the show. So I knew that I was auditioning for something that was going to be really great and like racy. We had previously worked together on Unreal, which was also pretty intense and racy. Yeah. Um, And so when I read the sides, my character is not particularly sexy. And she is very actually, I don't want to say prude, but she's, I think she's just hasn't really tapped into her own sexual (laughs) I think that's what it is. And we'll, yeah, we can talk like, about that a bit later, but I have I have ideas about what motivates your character. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought a lot about it. Um, yeah, she hasn't really found her stride yet yeah. in, in that area. So my material and the sides that I got were very funny and, and not sexy. So when I got the full script and we did the read-through, we were all like, <laughs> I'm making I'm making like yeah, a no shocked face. I'm making it like a <laughs> shocked um, and yet like okay. Like woo. Um and in that first read through all the women were like fanning themselves and all the guys were like, "What? Really? That? Okay. Oh, I didn't know." Like it, it was just like a really really, really funny Sort of. Um, what did the dudes not know? The dudes didn't know that that women actually like like I, sex. Yeah, I just think the way that it was written was is so different, right? Because it's written by a woman. It's very female gaze, and so we're used to seeing media and seeing the world through a very specific gaze of of men. So it's like what men expect of women. What and then and then men telling us what women want from men, and men telling men what women. Yeah. It's very male gazy, so it's interesting to see like a female sexual kind of experience on television. We yeah. don't get that very often. Yeah, we really, we really don't. Yeah. So, um, I want to talk a bit more then about those conversations. You know that that you were having on set. You know beyond that first read through, uh, because you know like I really like all the characters even when I don't like what they do or the choices that they make and then I even had moments where I'm like the choice that I want her to make is not the choice that like is you know like the the moral or ethical choice oh my god like you know I'm just like sitting there like it's complicated material yeah I love that it was written by a woman because we are fucking complicated beings especially when it comes to our bodies and sexuality so what were some of the conversations that you had while filming Again, Caroline, not very sexual. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as, like, my character goes, we didn't really have those conversations um, because it wasn't really relevant. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting seeing Sarah prepare and... Um, Sarah plays Billy. Sarah Shahi yeah. Yeah, prepare for, you know, Billy. Like, it was some intense stuff. Um, intense feelings. And... Uh, Stacy's really funny. She's like, everything is word perfect. Like everything is written with a purpose. Yeah. So you just have to go in and bring your ideas. And I kind of hope that that in season two, Caroline gets more of like a sexual arc. Although I'm a little afraid to say that because I know that if I do, that there's a chance that Caroline will have a sexual arc. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want that for you. I want that for you. I want that for Caroline. I, she deserves it. Like everyone deserves it. Okay. That. Let's let us talk about Caroline then because I, I'm a mom. I'm a mom to a 10-year-old. I used to drop my daughter off at the preschool, you know, and I would have, like, not that I have Billy's past. We do have a past. But, like, I just, I always felt like I was kind of, um, I don't say the black sheep, but maybe the, a little bit of the way that B- Billy, like, sees herself. And there are always these moms who just, like, I would look and they're, like, they're just being so awesome at, like, you know, being present for their kids. And, like, you know, when if we hear your character be, like, I wish that I could just stay and watch Hannah eat lunch. And I'm, like, oh my God, I would go. I would, I would so excited to drop my kid off and I get two and a half hours. I went to the bar a couple of times to meet up with a girlfriend and have a drink, you yeah. know, like just to be like, because it's so, it's so hard. And I've always wondered about those moms who they make everything look like they're like born. Seem perfect. Yeah, seem perfect, yeah. you know? And it, and so I'm just wondering like what you think, you know, Caroline's like perspective is, especially because we do get a little bit more insight when all the moms, like after they go to, to Soho and Billy has a breakdown, she's like, I had six there and I had six there. That's not actual from the script, but please watch that episode. Watch them all. But yeah. that was a fantastic episode. episode four. You know, yeah. <laughs> episode four. Yes. Um, you know, and they're drinking wine and then they're all talking about like, the, the different parts of themselves that they've almost had to seal off in some ways, mm-hmm. you know, the parts of their past and don't ever call your ex-boyfriend or look him up online or anything like that. And yeah. you just have to accept that, you know, and I'm just wondering if like the, the inner life that you think that Caroline might have is that like she is walled off parts of herself, her desires, her yearning. And that that's a thing that I think a lot of moms especially, yeah. you know, feel that they have to do. I personally think Caroline doesn't even know what she's walled off. I think that she was raised a certain way and believes certain things and believes that there's like a way to do things and an order to do things yeah. and has never really prioritized a a sexual life or like desire. Like she, I, I just don't think she ever really... I don't think she knows. Yeah. I, I mean, it's never really overtly said but I kind of just decided that Caroline married someone and um, that's her first person she's ever been with and maybe he's not very adventurous and she's just like like what you don't know like you can't miss yeah and that's kind of how I feel about Caroline so this is why I think it would be interesting when if Caroline gets a taste of what she's not missing yeah (laughs) That would be. Yeah. That would be. And it could also show, like, the the impact that Billy is having on, you know, the people around her with the choices that that she's making. I don't want to get into too many spoilers, um, especially the last 10 seconds of the first episode when you're like, what? Or the last episode where you're like, well, okay. Yeah. There's, okay. There's a lot of questions <laughs> that need to be answered, Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all waiting. Um, but... What do you think are, you know, B- Billy's life choices and what we see play out on screen? Um, they are very extreme, but that kind of dilemma, you know, the yearning, the emptiness, the the monotony of life, and then the 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 uh, possibility of reconnecting with, mm-hmm. you know, a very hot person <laughs> who is yearning for you, even though they completely, you know, treated you badly, but now they say they've changed. You know, like like. 
that's the, those kind of dilemmas and stuff like are are real. The feelings, you know. What do you think are the importance of seeing that play out on screen? Um, it's tricky because I actually think Brad is such a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> So it's hard to see. I mean, Adam plays him wonderfully. Adam is a lovely guy in real life. Um, so it's interesting watching him play someone who is very kind of unlikable. Yeah. Um, and becomes increasingly so as you watch the, yeah. the flashbacks. And right? it's hard to see a, a woman like, you know, feel like she's changed someone. I think that we get stuck in that as women a lot of the time. Like, we want to change that guy. Mm. Um and then to see that he has changed and like wants to be with her, that must be very difficult. Um, yeah. Especially when she's got this amazing husband who is willing to go on these sexual adventures with her and is willing to do a lot of things. Um, yeah, it's an interesting show with a lot of characters who are very complicated and make bad decisions, but that's what makes it so interesting to yeah. watch. I mean, is it, it's absolutely right mm-hmm. and to see like and that's why it's like I, I like all the characters even though they make so like they say stupid things to each other they hurt each other yeah I mean even Caroline she's yeah. bullying a child yeah <laughs> like full on bullying a child like that's terrible yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but I mean it's it's life and I guess that happens and it's important on TV to, to see the ugly bits yeah as well it makes us feel better about our own yeah, it really does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the feedback, you know, uh, from from fans. Like, people are are streaming this show. Yeah. They love this show. Um, I The first that I heard about it was when people came across episode three. You oh, know? yeah, the big shower <laughs> moment. The big shower moment. Um, episode three, nine minutes and I think 31 seconds in. Uh, that was trending, right? Like, So what? what's some of the feedback that you are hearing? And I mean, has, has there been anything in the response that has really surprised you? I think it's surprising that people are so worked up about male nudity. Yeah. I think that that says a lot about our society. I think we should normalize seeing full frontal male nudity as yeah. we've normalized seeing full frontal female nudity. Yeah. Um, yeah, people are freaking out over it, which I think is great. Yeah. I mean, it's a very shocking scene. We, It's shocking because we don't expect to see it because we never see it. Yeah, I mean, I remember the first, like, I, I mean, growing up in the 90s, you know, I was a teenager in the 90s, and I remember Boogie Nights, like, people were losing their shit. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that people were going to the cinema to see Boogie Nights, yeah. was to see Dirt Diggler, right? You know? Oh my gosh, it's funny, I actually worked with a man who made that penis. Really? Yeah, he, he's like a prosthetics uh, master. He did Chronicles of Narnia, he won an Oscar, but he made the penis. I was I, like, I wow, but, yeah. I mean, that's probably like what people. I wonder how he feel. Like, how does he feel about that? Did you talk about the penis? We talked about lots of things. Yeah, but yeah he, he was like one of his claims to fame is that he made that, you know, very memorable penis. So I love that he won an Academy Award, and yet that's what he's probably like. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you made that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like they're being very tight lipped on whether or not that is a a real item. Of of Brad's, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was not one of my. That wasn't one of my questions. But even in that moment, what I love about it too. This is a little bit spoilery. 
um, is the fact that it's not like a woman, like it's not like it's it's Billy or another woman that's no. the one who sees it. It's Billy's husband, right? <clears throat> you know, it's it's and and the impact that and it's like what it means to that man in that moment is much different than you know what it would mean if anything right to a woman you know that is part of that yeah equation. it's like a comparison yeah. of manhood yeah that's why like it's it's what is so wonderful about the show is it's not like it was not what i was expecting yeah you know like it, yes it's fun and it's hot and almost everything that we see that billy wears in the flashbacks like i want to wear oh my gosh you know? avery avery the costume designer is amazing yeah she's so brilliant um and she actually has an instagram account where she breaks down where she got all of billy's outfits <gasps> i didn't know that yeah well, you can find a link to that in the footnotes yes, I will for let you this know. Um, in the first shout out to episode. avery she's awesome um even all the outfits on the the housewives just everything is so intentional yeah and i love that yeah yeah well i i love it too um okay so uh Oh, one one other thing I wanted to talk about um, was uh, your feeling being part. Like, what does it mean to you to be part of sex life? You know, and especially this. It is now this. You know, juggernaut hit. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. You know, it's it's controversial, like in all the good ways. You know, what does it mean to you to be part of a project like that? Yeah, I mean, it's meaningful in a few ways. I. I think it's amazing that it's doing so well. Um, it's hard in this industry to sort of like get excited because you never know what's gonna happen in season two. Like yeah. you never know where Caroline's journey will go or if it will end or if what will happen. Yeah. Um, so I'm just grateful to have been a part of the first season. So I feel so honored to be part of Stacy's show. I feel really honored that she brought me back and wanted to, to work together again. That, yeah. that was really, really great. Um, and also, I got to work on a show during COVID, and you know, we started shooting in February, and then we we were, you know, shut down until September. And so, whoa, yeah, it was very okay. Yeah, like we shot Sex Life in a pandemic, wow. which is so incredible and crazy, and it, it's fascinating to me that they even finished the show because yeah. you yeah. can't even but you can't feel it like when you're watching it at all I'm also wondering though the impact that living through the pandemic has had on the audiences who are watching it you know like because I'm like even myself watching it I'm like remember going out like remember going dancing and yeah. being in a room with like sweaty bodies or going to a gal like I got to like like experience a nightlife yeah it's also know. I watch a lot of television and I find a lot of shows are incorporating COVID, which yeah. is awesome, but it's also like re-traumatizing. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people are watching Sex Life in like a very free way. Like it's a COVID-free show. It's, it's You can escape. Yeah. It's fun. Um, that's what I like about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot to like about it. Yes. It's fun and it's smart. And it's feminist, mm -hmm. and I like. I just, I dig it. I can't wait to see what what happens next. Um, do we know anything yet about season two? Have any announcements been made? Or? We don't know anything about season two. How can that be? I know Netflix is just waiting. I mean, the Kardashians are watching. 
the yeah, Kardashians are Instagramming about it. So yeah, hopefully, like the world loves it. Like it's it's yeah. number it's been number, it's number one. one worldwide. Yeah. We're neck and neck with Virgin River for for one in North America, which is funny because Sex Life and Virgin River and Virgin River <laughs> and and that's like that's you know two Canadian shot you yeah. know shows like. Wow, very different though. Yep, I love Virgin yeah. River. I I have lots of friends on that show. I actually just worked with Colin Lawrence, and I literally Aww. talked to him about it for hours. I haven't <laughs> seen the new season yet, so if if we know who who shot him, I don't want to know. I won't tell you. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> Can we go back in time? Yeah. Can we do a bit of time travel? Where Where does I found like different ways to ask this question. I'll be like, like take me back to when you're six years old, or okay, you know, and like that that kind of thing. But I think I think I want to ask you where you think your story as a performer starts. Oh, I know exactly when it started. Okay, it's bring just us gonna in. be really embarrassing, and I, I've sort of told this story before. But <clears throat> so when I was young, when I was in middle school or, or high school, I loved Hanson. Mm. Like Mbop. Yes. Okay. This is, I'm dead serious. It's very embarrassing. But okay. I, I love them. I wanted to meet them. I was like, how am I going to do this? Strategizing. And no I just, shame. Just in zone here. I'm out of the, I'm, I've come out as a Hanson lover and that's fine. Um, still am. Still go see concerts. Uh, Wait, what? Okay. We'll talk about that after. Sorry. Hanson fan. You wanted to meet him. Yes. I yeah. wanted to meet them. And I remember I was babysitting my sister. My parents were out and I was watching television and a trailer for the VMAs came on and Hanson came on and they were talking. It was the first time I'd ever seen them talk. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in love. Like, how am I gonna meet them? How is this gonna happen? I'll have to become famous. This is the only way. And I like went into the phone book and found agents for like modeling agents, acting agents. And I decided this is what I'm gonna do. This is what's gonna happen. And my mom, God love her, so supportive. She's like, this is very strange, but okay, we'll do this. And I quickly realized modeling was not for me. I continued acting and I was like, oh, I actually really like this beyond wanting to meet Hanson. And so I kind of pushed my Hanson dreams aside and just continued on doing it. And I found that I really, really loved it. And then I found when I was in high school, I started doing stand-in work on a kid's show and I just fell in love with set and crew and the art of like making a project from start to finish and seeing it from start to finish and the camaraderie and how everybody has like one job and that's all they do and then it, everybody comes together and makes this thing. I thought it was really incredible and I just kind of like snowballed from there. Um, but circling back to Hanson. I was gonna circle yes, back to Hanson. We were not gonna forward, leave them dangling there. Fast forward to, I think I was 27. So 10 years, 12 years later and my friend actually facilitated a meeting. Wow. And I met them, and it took everything inside me not to cry. Yeah. And I was like, you're the reason I'm an actor. Um, yeah, it was very full circle moment. How did they respond? They were lovely. Yeah. Super gracious, very lovely. Yeah. And um, we talked for like an hour. It was awesome. Like it's I, very, I, it's a very strange story, but well, I know it's I. Hey, my origin story involves Star Trek: The Next Generation action figures. I wish I so. wish I could say that. Oh, I've been <laughs> dancing and singing since I was two, and I just always knew. And that's just like not the truth. I mean, I have been dancing and singing, but 
We, I mean, you're the only origin story, and I've done more than 180 episodes at this point, <laughs> but that involves Hanson. I don't think Hanson's even been been uh, messaged, but there's also something very satisfying and a bit of a relief to me to hear that you met your heroes and they were lovely, because yeah. that can also not really be the case. I know. Um, so... <laughs> Stumped you. You're like, ah. where do we, where do we even, where do we even go with that now? Okay, so you begin your career, yeah, a career that started in pursuit of Hanson. Yes. Um, what did you want at the beginning of your career, and how does that compare to what you want right now? I mean, what I wanted at the very beginning of wanting to be an actor was to meet Hanson. That morphed we're, we're into... We're taking that as red. We're yes. taking that as... That is morphed <laughs> into, uh, you know, like, I started as a stand-in, so I just really wanted to get a part. So can you explain to my audience what a stand-in does? Yeah, so a stand-in is somebody who is part of the crew, who is there for the lighting department, is there for the director of photography to light the scene um, so the actors don't have to stand... Um, in the set. You stand so that they don't have to. Yes, yeah. I would imagine, though, that really gives you an opportunity to see, like, a lot of different departments at work yeah. and, you know, to also, like, like what, what, can you tell us what projects you worked on? Yeah, absolutely. So I worked on Ginger Snaps, two, <gasps> two and three. Wow! So I was uh, Emily and Katie's stand-in and photo doubles yeah. on those two movies. I did... I, I love that. I, I love it, too, because I would imagine being on a set in that genre, being a stand-in in that genre would be like... It's almost like you up the ante, and it would be yeah. like a lot more fun. It was very fun. Yeah. It was it was incredible. Um, and then I did two seasons of this kid's show named Mentors, or called Mentors. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering... Sarah Lind... Yeah, was one of the actors on that. So I did stand-in work for her, and I did photo doubling on that too. And photo doubling is when you kind of like again stand in for the actor, but you're on camera. Yeah. Um, and then I did Hundred Days in the Jungle. So who's in that? Brendan Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Gilmore. Yeah. Oh, all the usual suspects. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. So what would you say? So what do you want now then? Honestly, stability. I girl. I, yeah, like I would love to just like really dig into a role on something that goes like a series that goes for a long time and yeah. just like get to know that role, you know, like have a family within the crew and the cast and uh yeah, kind of experience that. Um yeah. stability in this industry is very difficult though. So. Oh, we talk a lot a lot about that on this show and we yeah. talk about side hustles and we yeah. talk about auditioning and the, and what waiting for the phone to ring can do to your soul no we've this is something we've I mean it's everybody experiences it yeah. even people who are on a series you know and they're coming off a series they're like what are we gonna do next what's the next job yeah yeah, yeah. I found a lot of peace in the the waiting so I don't feel rejection the same way that I used to feel it yeah um I mean if if you if you feel rejection after every single audition that you don't get, it would just be a miserable life. Yeah. So that would hit hard. And you never know 
what the casting people are thinking, what like what considerations they have. I also like to think of Mark Ruffalo, who I believe famously My love. Yeah. I love him. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I love him too. Anybody I think he had like six hundred auditions or something before he booked like his first role. Yeah. You know, so if he can do six hundred auditions. You I know. mean this year alone I think I've had sixty. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's 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 tough. It's yeah. a tough life. It's not for the faint of heart. You have to really love the work. You have yeah. to really love set. You have to really love acting because, you know, that's not the job. Like when you get the job, that's not the job. The job is something you don't get paid to do. Yeah. It's auditioning. It's hustling. It's keeping a positive attitude when really you just want to like, you know, cry because. Mm you're broke and you have no money but you just really want to act yeah yeah now over the course of your career you've you've had the opportunity to work on some stunning shows with incredible fan bases i know um you know uh including winona earp oh my gosh herpers i love you (laughs) uh you you were you were beth gardner tell me the experience of inhabiting that character and uh, what made the show rock and you know like bring us into it pull back yeah. the curtain because like I've never no I I know some wonderful fan bases right the, you know why not Earp but fans. the Earpers are like they are like they're next level in the best way yeah. like I get very like choked up even thinking about them they're just like such an inclusive wonderful beautiful lovely fan base they care so much yeah about each other they care so much about the characters they care so much about the actors playing the characters yeah yeah it's such a such a joy um to even be a little part of that show yeah yeah to get to meet them and yeah yeah do you have a favorite because you've worked in in many genres at this point you know as an actor and then also back in the day as a stand-in yeah um do you have a favorite uh, yeah, I mean, I love sci-fi because it's so weird. I Same. would I would love to be on a weird sci-fi show. I think that that would be like my number one dream. I really like kind of weird shows. Like I love evil. Mm. I love Michelle King, Robert King stuff. Like the good fight, the good wife. Like very bizarre kind of um, things. Um, I love comedy. I had the best time doing How to Buy a Baby. Yeah. That, like, you know, weaving drama- dramatic themes with comedy. I Yeah. Now, is it all the same, like, like, as an actor, is it all the same toolkit that you're using? Or, like, if you're going to go in for comedy, be like, okay, I have to think comedy today. And then you go in for a drama, like, I have to think drama. Or is it just, like, is it, or is it more like, I just have to, like, be an actor? <laughs> and, like, is it, like, an acting thing? Yeah, I think occasionally it's a toolkit so with sex life it's interesting because it's a drama it's very dramatic but Caroline is very funny yeah her scenes are always funny but I can't really play the comedy yeah it's just written funny so you just have to say say the lines oh because she means react yeah yeah (laughs) she earnestly means the things totally which is funny whereas if you're doing like a multi-cam comedy it's definitely a different skill set it's very formulaic um which is really hard. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to do comedy. Anyone who's doing a sitcom right now, like, like claps, snaps, because it's uh, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have been the highlights for you as far as characters and roles? Um, definitely 
Winona. Yeah. Beth was so much fun. So much fun. Um, also, Jane, How to Buy a Baby. Like, I just felt such a connection to that character, and I felt just like it was very hard to wrap that show. Um, I miss my husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Aww. Ben David, I love you. I know you've moved on, but it's okay. <laughs> was there, when a show wraps like that, then do you. Like, what happens emotionally after that? Oh, I definitely have a grief, like, grief, like yeah. a grieving period. Um, just because I really like, especially if you're on something for an, a long time, you get very connected to that character, and you also, like, miss the people you're working with. Yeah. Um, I was just recently in Prince George for three weeks shooting um, a movie, and I got to be like the leading lady, and it was very difficult leaving. Yeah. And like saying goodbye to that character and saying goodbye to everybody. And and then you're just like, oh, I made these amazing friendships and amazing connection to this character, and now they're just gone. Yeah. It's a very like bizarre way to work. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a grieving period. And for How to Buy a Baby, it was a long time, years of, of being with this character. And, um, and, that's really special. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine people who, who like, when Grey's Anatomy ends, like, the, I mean, those people have been with those characters for so long, like, that's going to be so difficult. Nearly, like, 20 years now, right? Yeah. Like, it's insane. Yeah. I I know from going through your um your Twitter feed that yeah. you're a you're a big uh, Law and Order. Oh my gosh, yes, fan. I so love it. Can we can we talk a little bit about when um when Elliot came back and uh, you know your reaction to um that reunion between uh, Olivia and Elliot? So speaking of characters that have been I'm, inhabiting you know that have been inhabiting our screens and our hearts, I was kind of I love Elliot Stabler and I love Chris Maloney big fan. I was hoping to see more growth with Elliot. I'm hoping mm. that the growth comes. Um, but I love Law & Order so much that I actually um, was on a date when that came out. Like, the, the new Law & Order. And I was yeah. like, just so you know, this is what we're doing on our date. Like, this is me. We're gonna have to watch this. And he I was think, like, so okay. how did that date go, right? Like, because that's also, that experience, that's clearly important to you. Yeah. You know, so if this person was like, no, nah, that's, that's like not something I want to do, or they're like, ah, you yeah. know, then I could, you know, you could be like, hmm. Yeah. yeah. He was like, cool. I was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's rad. What is a Megan Heffern role? Or, or another way to say that would be like, what needs to be present in a character to really get you excited? Not Billy Van Conley excited, but excited. yeah, yeah, like uh, humor. Yeah, um, definitely like a sense of humor, even in a drama. Yeah. Um, Are you? Do you consider yourself to be? Um, uh, like a funny uh, person in 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 IRL, as as the kids know. say. I mean, I'm weird. Yeah. I I think that <laughs> I don't know if I'm nodding and agreeing with you. I just met you. Super weird. Yeah. yeah and but like, I but I love that about you already. You know, I I have lived a long time trying to make people like me and being very concerned if they they do or like oh. changing myself to be more palatable for people. And I, as I've gotten older, I mean, I'm 37, now I'm just like, I like these things. Yeah, fuck it. And like, 
if you like these things, cool. And if you don't like these things, also cool. Like, yeah. whatever. And, you know, all my friends, like, they don't all like the same things as me, but they all think that it's endearing that I am the way that I am. And in turn, I think that they're endearing for, for being. It's, it's just really nice to like people for who they are. And so um, freeing, this is what too, I've when learned. you're like, I'm not going to people please yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's hard. It is very, especially for women. Especially for women. Especially for women. Um, yeah. I would imagine, though, especially for actors. Yeah. Because you do need to, like, please people regularly in order to get the job. And then, you you know, you can be worried about, like, what your fans think about something that you've posted, you know? But Yeah. Yeah. I try not to be co- controversial. Um, although, like, maybe... You clearly care about, like, our, our, our interests and our, our causes are very much aligned, right? Yeah, like, like you care I, about a lot of social I justice issues. I care about issues. people. I care yeah. about, I definitely care about social justice issues. And, you know, yeah, I have a lot of friends who are very different than I am in every sort of way. Yeah. And it's so important to me to have those friendships and and learn and grow and, like, be better. And if that's controversial, then I'm controversial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what it is to people. Some people don't like that. And, you know, that's totally their prerogative. Yeah. And it is very freeing to be like, that's okay. You don't have to like me yeah. kind of thing. But that also can make you more likable as well, you know, because you're more, I'm like open and stuff. For me, it was turning 40. That was like a big thing. <gasps> hashtag like wait I, to turn 40. Hashtag 40 AF. Like I just, and I feel a lot happier. And it's not like I'm like, being 40 AF and not as much of a people pleaser or at least trying to fight that doesn't mean that like I'm gonna I'm gonna like you know everybody's gonna hate me because I'm like splaying negativity all over the place that's not what it is but it's less about like I don't know it's like being less reserved in some ways less contrived and you know as a weird person yeah it's true like just let your let your freak flag fly yes I'm not saying that again because that's hard to say (laughs) um what is are there any types of roles that that you won't do or that you might have done early on that you won't do now yeah you know I have done roles that I wouldn't do now Hmm. Um, I'm definitely not ashamed of doing those roles I feel like at the time of my career it was important and I had a good time doing those things I don't really want to... I'm not really interested in doing things that are... Uh, I love the face you're making. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, trying to figure out how to say this. Like, yeah. unhelpful... Or, like, misog... Mis, like, where there's a lot of misogyny. Yeah. Um, S- like, stereotypes without purpose. Yes, yeah. and it's interesting because when I was on Unreal, there was a lot of... Uh, stereotypes with purpose. With purpose, yeah. Now, uh, for people who but don't it, know, Unreal was a show about like the behind the scenes of, uh, of like a bachelor. Yeah, the bachelor. bachelor. Yeah, yeah. So that was really trippy because you're performing things that you're like, I hate what I'm doing right now. Like I, but the overarching themes of the show is so important. So you're like. But it's the show. But like, what I'm doing is not. Yeah. So if it was just that, I, I wouldn't yeah. want to do it. But I it was also, serving the story and serving the show. So yeah. it, it had, it had a point. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if something is serving 
the ser- this, the show serving a purpose. Um, yeah. Also, depending on who's creating the content. So, you know, like, if it's a show about uh, someone who is not white, like, being directed and produced by other people who are who are not white, yes, I would... I would definitely be interested in doing that, but I'm just not interested in like stories that aren't authentic or yeah. spoken by people who experience those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. That's I try. a big, big thing of what we talk <laughs> about over here in the podcast is what it means to be an ally and what diversity and inclusion mean and how we can actually like live that in the choices that we make, you know? Um, you ready to play some favorite things? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> So, <laughs> I just got so excited. I love favorite things. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's not actually a game. It's more like I'm gonna ask you your favorite thing of a thing, and you're gonna tell me. Um, I had said I told this to Tom O'Penniket. I'm like, tell me without thinking, and then he, I was like, who's your favorite cartoon character? Not a question you're getting. And he was like, Tom. Wait, which one's the most? And I'm like, wait, are you just saying like whatever comes to mind? He's like, yeah, because you told me without thinking. I'm like, okay, it has to still be something that is one of your favorite things. Don't, it's not called words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called favorite things. Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm ready. And, and this is a, a game that was um, developed by my then nine-year-old, now ten-year-old daughter. So it's very important. Okay, let's just I love get this. to it. Oh, and I have a, I use a different voice too. Okay, great. <clears throat> Favorite midnight snack? Nachos. Okay, I need to talk about that a bit more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyone who knows me is like, yes, nachos. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what, like, because I mean, I love going to a restaurant and ordering, you know, like the mega platter with the, you know, the avocado and the cheese and the sour cream. I find making nachos at home kind of challenging. Um, and like just some t- because I don't always like I'll be like oh I don't have all the ingredients and where are my black olives and where the hell like so I, I will just end up just being so lame and just like microwaving like cheese on top of nachos and stuff so tell me about your at home midnight snack nachos okay so I make nachos all the time um, pretty basic uh, chips cheese fresh jalapenos oh green onions mm. um. Las Margaritas Salsa. Las Margaritas. Yes, local Vancouver <laughs> restaurant. Just makes, down the street from our studio. Makes amazing salsa yeah. that I've been eating. I used to get it from their restaurant. Um, I'm a big salsa salsa lady. Yeah. Um, and cheddar cheese, not mm, mozzarella cheese. Okay. And uh, just stick it in the oven on broil. You broil. Broil it. Yeah. And do you, is there stuff that you save for after it comes out of the oven? to add on or does it all I go don't in? Put, I don't put the salsa on before it goes in the oven. Yeah. Sometimes I'll put avocado on top. Mm. Sometimes I'll put like veggie meat, like veggie grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds really good. It's pretty basic. It's a comfort food. I, I've loved nachos, chips and salsa my whole life. Definitely a comfort food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how long do you broil for? I'm like, <laughs> let me take my notes. So just, I <laughs> until they get, just until it gets like a little tiny bit brown. Yeah. Yeah. I have a nacho cookbook as well. Sometimes I'll go in and dabble in like making like a bunch I'm of I'm different- sorry. How many different recipes are there for nachos? There's like a hundred. Yeah. It's like a bunch of celebrity chefs got together and made a book. They all came up with a different recipe. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Okay. My mind is like blown right now. I know. And that was just the first question. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Favorite Vancouver shot series, past or present, 
that you haven't appeared in. Oh, Virgin River. Yeah, that makes sense. I love it so much. Yeah. I, I'm not even kidding. I literally talked to Colin about this for over an hour. Yeah. We, you know, like all of my pros and cons from the series. I was very much like. Oh, I want to talk to you about it, but I haven't watched the new season. Yeah, it's okay. Yet. Don't worry. Oh, but I have so many unanswered questions. I'm just like, I've been working through some other stuff, including sex life. Yeah. And then tomorrow I'm talking to Dustin Milligan, so I watched all of Rutherford oh, Falls. Nice. Which is another fantastic show. But Virgin River, like that is like you know, late, I, cut, later this month I will I, be watching that. I love Virgin River. I'm I'm a big fan of Alexandra Breckenridge. I think that she's just a really amazing actress. I've liked her for so long. She used to be yeah. on this show called Dirt with Courtney Cox. And yeah. I ever since then I'm like, Oh, I love that actress. Yeah. So yeah. And that's another another show that is about um about choices, you, you know, and about self-worth and um and whether or not our like what happens when our choices don't always align with what our our partner wants or needs, right? Like it's and I I understand that that comes out a lot more in the new season. Yeah. So Oh, uh second place, I also really like A Million A Million Little Things. Yeah. That's like I love that show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So take note, producers and directors, casting directors. You want Megan for your shows. Okay. Favorite song to sing alone in the car? Oh, it changes all the time. Yes, I do love Mbop, but I have been singing a lot of Dua Lipa's oh. You Want Me. I want you, baby. I sugar boo. Oh, I love it, so good. I love that. And I've been singing a lot of Bo Burnham's songs from inside. Mm. I have so much respect for Bo Burnham. Yeah. What an incredible work of art. Yeah, I just saw Inside at the movie theater, actually. You did? Yeah, it was very weird being in a movie theater. Was a. it at the Rio? At the Rio. Yeah. yeah we love the was, Rio here. It was yeah. good. Fantastic. Oh, this isn't on my list, but... <clears throat> Favorite Vancouver movie theater. I like Fifth Ave cinemas. Yeah. Because I can walk there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what do I feel like doing right now? I'm going to go see a movie, and I don't have to, like, go very far. Yeah, and it's, um, what I like about it as a parent is that the kids are not allowed inside. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's an adult-only It's an adult-only theater, yeah. You know, so if, when I step in there, it represents freedom. Freedom, and then yeah. you can, like, go next door to a Lazy and Coffee and get a nice little coffee. Uh, we live in a really nice neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, west side of Vancouver. Okay. <clears throat> a couple more questions. These are all very revealing to me. Um, favorite screen partner? Um, I loved working with Mark Ben David. Are you gonna be okay? <laughs> <laughs> she I didn't say yes or no. <laughs> um, yeah. I loved working with him on that show. Yeah, and what yeah. made him such a great screen partner? Because like other screen partners out there, take note. And then if you can replicate this, then the next time Megan's here, maybe she'll say your name too. You know, I think it's about chemistry. I think that we each brought something different. So I, I like to think of like the bliss point, right? Like he's a little salty and I'm a little sweet. And together it's like this great yeah. thing. That's kind of how I felt about about that. Yeah. yeah. Also, the relationship between the characters was so 
lovely. So yeah. it was nice, like exploring that for an extended period of time. You mentioned chemistry. Yeah. And that's actually something that came up when I was watching Sex Life as well, right? You know, about chemistry, you know, between humans. And because sometimes it can be with people that you don't want it to be with because they're just all bad for you, but then you have chemistry. As an actor, like, is it really like a lightning in a bottle kind of thing? Or is it something that you can, like, fake or, like, act? I think you can definitely fake it. Yeah. Um... For me, and I think the reason why Mark and I had good chemistry is because I think boundaries are very important. Mm. I think, especially with acting, especially when you're playing certain types of roles, having boundaries and like open communication and like res- respect is so mm. important. And for me, that helps with chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I mean, my second choice screen partner is um, Aaliyah Renee. She was my cheerleader partner on Blue Mountain Blue State. Blue Mountain State, yeah. And we had the best time together and, like, really made those characters more than what they appeared, yeah. like, on the page. So that was really fun. I really loved working with her, too. Fantastic. So those are my top two. Yeah. We, we've had Omari Newton on here quite a few times. Oh, my gosh. He, I literally ran into Omari on the street, like, in with with his with his dogs, with his Dalmatians, yeah. and his wife, and I was like, uh, I, he had his mask on, or I didn't recognize him. He's like Megan, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen you in like ten years. Omari's awesome. Yeah, hi Omari. Uh, hi Omari. Yeah, Omari. Um, Omari writes for for Wavier Screen Scene. He's a columnist. Um, he's been on the podcast a bunch, and he's also my daughter's uh, acting coach. Oh, yeah, he's the best. And when he came here to help my daughter record her demo, I got to play with the puppy and the Dalmatian puppy. I, you so never cute. see Dalmatians anymore. Yeah. He's just got this like, two Dalmatians. <laughs> So rad. I love it. All yeah. right. Yeah, but you know what Omari was able, like that, I love that you both were on that show. You know, I love that you both, like, I mean, a lot of people on the show, like, lifted the roles above the cliches, you know, and yeah. put a lot of thought, you know, into the inner lives of, of your characters as yeah. well. So very formative show. Um, okay, I got two more questions. Great. And then I have a kind of time travel question. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so. Favorite place in Vancouver to take out of towners? I love to take my parents to Lighthouse Park. Oh, yeah. That is a wonderful place. So it's like a v- nice views, but also like very manageable. It's a manageable walk. hike. Yeah. And great views. Yeah. yeah. I would say Lighthouse Park. Okay. And Good. then you can also stop at the the pie place what's it called I forget what the pie place is called but there's really amazing like muffins and cookies like in West Van right oh, on fantastic. your way mm-hmm. that sounds amazing yeah maybe I'll do that later today <laughs> all right now this question is um it's for my daughter this is the most important question the most revealing okay Whew. yeah you're gonna be okay it's yeah. gonna be okay okay favorite animal I, this is hard because my favorite animal is my dog, Lola, but... We love you, Lola. Hi, Lola. But my favorite wild animal... Ooh, yes. ...is uh, the humpback whale. That has also not come up. Add that to <laughs> Hanson. That has not come up on the pod before. Yes, the humpback whale. Um, 
obsessed with the humpback whale. I actually traveled to Tonga um, a couple years ago to swim with humpback whales. What? I went by myself, and I, yes, I, I swam with them. Wow. Like with, with humpback whale uh, moms and their babies. And before anyone comes at me, it was very respectfully done. <laughs> The whales are in the wild. They can swim yeah. away at any point. There's only like four it's not people allowed park. in the water. Yeah, yeah Tonga is a friendly. very tiny island. Um, yes. That experience of being in the water and sharing that kind of space with the mamas and their babies. Uh, what was it like? How did it match your or exceed your expectations? It, you know, what did it sound like? Like, just tell yeah. Me. So I spent five days um, on the water every day. And we saw whales every day, multiple times a day. And yeah. it changed my life. I think I cried every single time I saw one. Yeah. And they just, like, don't mind being around you. The babies are super just, you know, want to be around you. And I don't know. They're just so calming. And you said you cried. Yeah. I was very moved by being sharing a space with such a giant animal yeah and they know you're there like they see you and you see them see you and they just are like super comfortable being in your space yeah it's really special traveling that far on your own what was that like I love traveling alone yeah 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 I grew up with a very independent mom who who would go to movies by herself and go out to eat by herself and travel by herself (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, also doing all those things with my dad, too. But I yeah. um, was just very independent and, and didn't mind doing those things. And so I just never have minded. Um, I was also single for a very long time. And, you know, at some point you just have to say, like, I want to do these things. And yeah. if I don't have a partner to do them with, like, I'm just going to do them by myself. I'm not going to wait. And so that's just sort of how I live my life when I do all the things. I travel a lot by myself. That is wonderful. Yeah. Very inspiring. Um, okay, so here's the time travel Kay. kind of question. So I want to go back in time, and I'm going to choose the specific. You gave me this specific moment oh, that we're going to go back in time to. We are going <laughs> back to your babysitting your sister. You've just seen Hanson. Yes. You decided, like, I want to do what I got to do to meet these fellas um, and, and, you know, Try show business. Yeah. So you get a, you, we're going to go back in time to that. You get a minute to give yourself some advice, some words of wisdom, you know, to help you as you move through this industry. What would you say? Or would you not say anything at all? I think I would be hesitant to say anything because I think that we all have to go through the things that we have to go through. I think yeah. maybe I would just say, save your money. Mm. yeah yeah like be more aware of your money yeah and also don't be afraid to do things because and I think I speak for a lot of actors if not all of us we're all really afraid to do things to travel places to go away to take a break because we're afraid we're going to miss that audition we're afraid we're going to miss that job we're afraid we're going to like miss out on our big break and I think I have found a lot of um, growth and like freedom and just being like, you know what? 
I'm going to do what I want to do. And if something happens, something happens. And yeah. I'll deal with it then. But, like, I want to travel. I want to see the world. There are other things that are more important than just, like, yeah. being on a TV show. Yeah. yeah. But then you can take, And then you can take those experiences and then fold them into your artistic creative life. Yeah. Megan Heffern, <laughs> what a fucking journey this episode has I been. Know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. We've had, I was going to say, we've had sex. We have talked about sex. We talked about Hanson. Um, we talked about humpback whales. And I have a feeling that we could probably talk about it. I feel like a we've been on a first too. date. It's yeah, we have been. Yeah. <laughs> and we're both uh, team uh, Elliot and Olivia. Yes. So, oh, uh, I can't wait for it to come back. When yeah. is it coming back? Not soon enough. I know. Not soon enough. Where can our fans find you, follow you, celebrate you on yep. all the social um, media? I am Megzi Heff on Twitter and on Instagram. So M E G S I E H E F F. Yeah. And yeah. if people want to watch Sex Life, uh, hop onto Netflix and look in the top 10 list. And yeah, uh, it's we're there. somewhere there. Probably number one, episode three. Nine minutes and 31 seconds. I kid, but that trended. <laughs> it did. It, it did, did trend. It was very, it was a special moment. Uh, yeah, it was very special and it meant to. All right. All right. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review if you're so inclined. They help us find even more listeners and we can continue having these conversations. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Furminger, Devley, poor Dane, for not being a Furminger for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! This ad begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of Hollywood North history, the fish flight. In the 1980s, the fish flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day. These were the early days of Hollywood North, before digital deliveries and fast transfer speeds, and the pioneers of the Vancouver film industry began loading up the fish flight with film reels so Hollywood execs could review the footage shot on the previous day. The fish flight was also one of the building blocks of the visual effects and animation mecca that is present-day Vancouver. And Fish Flight Entertainment builds on this legacy. Fish Flight Entertainment serves the games, film, and television industries. We remember the days of the fish flight and attack our projects with the same passion as those pioneering days of yore. We believe in jumping off the cliff and building our wings on the way down. And who knows? That old fish with improvised wings may even fly. Learn more about Fish Flight Entertainment at fishflightentertainment.com. That's fishflightentertainment.com.